So how are you clothing yourselves? How are you clothing yourselves? So we, when, we, when we clothe ourselves, I'm referring to your heart. Now, of course, you, we are to clothe ourselves externally, right? And, and, and we, we want to represent Christ well. Um, and so that's, that's what people see. But God sees the heart. And so how we clothe ourselves is very, very important. How we clothe ourselves internally is very important. In Proverbs 31, 25, it says, You are clothed with strength and with dignity, and you laugh without fear at the future. You are clothed with strength and with dignity. When you walk around, the enemy is frightened of you. Now, this is not just for women. This is for men and women. We are to clothe ourselves. We are to put on the, the garments of praise. We are to put on the armor of God. We're to put on all the parts of the armor and make sure that we're clothed rightly. Say, I'm clothed with garments of praise. I'm clothed with strength and with dignity, according to the word in Proverbs 31.25. Proverbs 31.25. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to encourage you to get your Bibles out. If you have notes, something to write with, yeah, a notepad, go ahead and write some of these scriptures down. But Proverbs 31.25, we must remember, we get to clothe ourselves, our hearts, our minds, our being with strength and with Dignity, the dignity of the Lord. Amen? Which means our sincere service unto him. We will clothe ourselves with sincere service unto the Lord, with joy, and with serving your neighbor with love and with kindness. See, this is this marks, a, this, this is the sign of a, a true Christian. We will know them by their love. We will know them by their love towards God, putting God first and making sure they do not, that they, and making sure that they walk in, in accordance with the will and the word of God without compromise. And then they love one another, right? You are that type of love. It's strength and it's dignity. And we clothe ourselves with it, right? Amen? So clothing yourself with giving. We must clothe ourselves with giving. Now, the minute that I say clothe yourself with giving, most people are already thinking of, wow, she already talking about the tithing part of this message? Most of you are already thinking of, wow, is she talking about giving money? Is she talking? No, I'm actually not at all. I'm not talking about giving finances, giving money. Most of the scriptures that I'm going to refer to here this morning, uh, many times they are referred to with giving of finances. But that's not the only way that you can read these scriptures. So I want you to op let the Lord open up your mind's understanding. When I read through some of these scriptures, you're going to realize you're clothing yourselves with giving of yourself, your service unto the Lord Jesus. So I want you to think of it far, far more than just giving of your money, okay, which all belongs to God anyway. But, but we're giving of, of everything who, who we are. So when I'm not referring to your money, I'm, I'm, re I'm referring to your heart after the Lord. I'm referring to the fact that God sees your yes. He sees the cup of cold water, so to speak, the little acts, right, of kindness. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 10, 42, it says even a cup of cold water, even a cup of cold water given to one of these little ones because he is my disciples. Truly, I tell you, you will never lose your reward. When you do... 
an act of kindness, a, a, a servant, you, when you walk as a servant, right, towards one another, you will never lose your reward. I want you to say it over yourselves. When I serve according to the word of God, I will never lose my reward. You will never lose your reward. You will never lose. Sometimes, if we're being honest, like, you know, you, you give and you give of your time. You know, you're helping. You're, you're over here. You're over there. I don't know about you all, but I know I am. We just had our fourth grandbaby, right? And that's wonderful. Praise God. But, you know, you, you're serving a lot. You're giving. And I love to serve. But let me tell you, you will never lose your reward when you are one that has the heart that says, you know what? I trust God for everything else because we're here on this earth to literally make a difference in somebody else's lives, right? In somebody else's life, not just your life. When you are others-minded like this and you go, how can I serve you today by serving others, Lord? When you have that mindset, God will provide opportunities for you to give a cup of cold water to somebody. Right? So those little acts, you know, things that require time, things that, that sometimes you feel you can't do this. You don't know how you're going to do this and everything else at the same time. God says, you trust me and I will make sure you do not lose your reward. Are we all hearing? Are we all following? It's important that we really remember the word of God because the enemy wants to steal your, he wants to steal your, your uh, reward right in the midst even while you're serving. It happens all the time. Unfortunately, it happens, but it's not going to happen today, and it's not going to happen from this point forward in your life because the word of God, which is truth, is being spoken. You're hearing, receiving it, and you're going to walk differently, yes. right? Yes. Proverbs eleven twenty four and 25 says, there is one who scatters yet increases more. So you're scattering. And there, yet there's one who with, withholds that which is right but leads to poverty. Okay. Another way of saying, a generous soul will be made rich, okay? And he who waters will also be watered himself. When you water, when you help, when you serve, when you, when you pay that, that right compliment, not just to flatter, but because you know that individual needs to hear it, God dropped it in your spirit, you speak it out. That word of affirmation. You are watering somebody else's life, their soul. You too are going to be watered. You too, God knows how to reach you. He knows what to say and who to send. And sometimes he just tells you himself, which is great. But there is one who scatters yet increases more, and there is one who withholds more than is right. When you withhold more than is right, leads to poverty. It leads to poverty. In other words, poverty leads to, uh, or, or stinginess leads to poverty. Like when you try, you, you know, God's saying, I want you to give of your time. I want you to give of your, your heart. I want you to give of, your, of, of the words that I've spoken to you and I've taught you. I want you to give that out. I want you to go and I want you to pray for this, this individual. I want you to go and do the practical works. I want you to go help them. I want you to go clean their house. I want you to go cook for them. Whatever it might be, I want you to go do grocery shopping for them. Whatever it might be, right? I, I want you to go, I want you to go and, and literally help them at their job. For those that, you know, that sometimes that's practical and, and possible. When you have a heart that is others-minded, God is saying, I will prosper you. I will prosper you. 
And we have to remember this because, you know, in our culture, it's the opposite that we are always told. You yourself, just you yourself, me, myself, and I. But no, God will prosper us as we have a heart towards others. Say, I will have a heart towards others. And generosity leads to prosperity. And, and in this verse, that's basically what this is about. Generosity is going to lead to prosperity. I'm going to read it again. We, have, we get to read this word and let this word be alive in us and, and remind us, let it remind us uh, of God's faithfulness. So Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, there is one who scatters yet increases more. And there is, and there is one who withholds more than is right. That's the key. You don't want to withhold more than is right. But it leads to poverty. The generous soul will be made rich. How many of you in this room would say, you know, I believe that is me. You don't need to raise your hand, but I believe that's me. I believe that I do. I have a generous soul. I have a generous heart. Like, I want to help. I want to give, right? Well, we, we just read what it says. We, we just read it. The generous soul will be made rich. It will prosper. The generous soul will be made rich. God will... He will spread out your tent pegs. God is going to stretch out your tent pegs, your sphere of influence, your ability to influence more. And you know what? Bottom line is because Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, we want to influence people for good, like for the right things, for the right reasons and the right motives. Right? We want to encourage people. There comes a point in time in your walk, at least there should, where you realize, wow, you know, God is just healed so much, done so much, shown me so much, brought me through so much. I want to give this out, right? There comes a point in time, and, and I believe that it's an actual point in time where you actually realize like a switch that just kind of goes on, and you go, you know what? I get to be a blessing. I actually get to be a blessing. It's not all I have to be. I get to be a blessing to everyone that I meet today, whether I know them or not, whether they are a complete stranger, you know, at the store, in the street, wherever, I get to be a blessing to that individual today because of what God has done unto me. Do you know the feeling that you get back? You know the blessing that you get back? You know the, the affirmation of the Lord, the favor of God, because he sees it all. He sees it all. Thank you, Father. Hebrews 6.10 says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown towards his name. God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love. In other words, God's not going to forget. Say God doesn't forget. But things that I've done for him and for, his, and for the church, for people. God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints, and you do minister. God is not unjust. In other words, he's a just God. He knows how to bring that reward, doesn't he? He knows how, to, and he knows how to bring it, when to bring it, and, and with, through whom. It's such a beautiful thing. You know, when we just allow the word to encourage us, do you guys do that? Just open your Bible and let the word encourage you. It's so good. It's beautiful. Praise you, Father. So I'm going to read it again, uh, Hebrews 6. But I'm going to start in verse 9, and I'm going to go to 12. It says, but, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown 
towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. This is the desire that we continue to do this, that you do not become sluggish, but you imitate those that through faith, say through faith, and patience inherit the promises through faith and patience I will inherit the promises every promise of God through faith and patience so we are inheriting that which God says is already promised through faith and patience right so you keep your eyes on the promise and you keep your eyes on the promiser and you know that the promise is coming to pass and through faith and patience it's coming we don't allow the enemy to lie to us. Instead, keep serving. There is a beautiful reward. You are going to clothe yourself with an attitude of servanthood. That's what God wants for, for all of us, to be clothed with an attitude and a heart's passion to serve one another, to take care of one another. Amen. So what you do for the kingdom is seen and will be rewarded. That's not a bad thing, you guys. Go, oh, well, do you do it for the reward? You know, when you truly love Jesus, you do it because you truly love Jesus. When, when you have just walked just a short time with him, I'm pretty sure you've seen his, his rescue. You've seen his hand rescuing you even just once. Like, I mean, there comes a point in your walk where no, 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 no. Your motive is not the reward. Your motive is just because you're so grateful. But you do know that there is a reward, and that's not a bad thing because all of you at one point or another, most of you, uh, went to work, and you did receive a reward for going and working faithfully. It's called a paycheck. You received it. You didn't work for free. Most of you probably wouldn't go to a job and then just work for free and still have all the bills at home that you need to pay. You realize that there is a reward for doing that which is good, and you had no problem receiving that paycheck, Right? So this is the same. You get to serve the Lord. You get to honor the Lord because you love him. Because he is good, he is faithful. All the while, you know, he says, I have a reward. And that reward is for you. And that reward is coming. Now, that reward comes in many different ways. It's not just all a financial reward, although we know it is partly that. We know that, that it does apply. But it's so much more than just finances, you guys. It's so much more. The reward of the Lord, he wants to reward you with your hearts to be so full of his his happiness, his glory, his, his joy. He, he wants to reward you with relationships that are long-lasting, that are significant, that are genuine, that, right? that, that have integrity. Relationships, he wants to reward you with having in your circle those people that you know you can go, you can call, you can pray with. Those people that you know have your back, they will be there for you when no one else will. There, these are rewards. These are gifts that God gives you. He wants to reward you with good health. We know this is all biblical. 
This is biblical. He wants to reward you with good health. He wants to reward you with seeing your children rise up and call you blessed. He wants, you to, he wants to reward you with having such love and intimacy with your spouse that you grow together and you have this compassion towards one another and you become your, your companions. It's like all you do is drive around and get your errands together and you love it. You're like, I don't want, I want to go with you. My husband and I were, last night we were going someplace. Um, it didn't require both of us to be in the car at the same time, right? Like I could have been home. I know some of you are laughing because you agree. You, you know. Like I didn't have to be in the car with them. As a matter of fact, it was said, well, do you want to just stay home so you can get X, Y, and Z done, you know? I said, no. Actually, no. Nah, no, I don't. I just, I just want to be with him. You just want to be with, for those that are married, right? You want to be together. Why? Because this is a gift that God is giving you. You are gifts to one another. It's the little things in life that you get to do. You get to go down to the grocery store when it only required one person, but you chose to make it two. <laughs> Some of you guys are going, yeah, well, I wish I had that. Must be nice for you. Let me tell you, God sees it all. He sees you. He sees where you're at. He sees what you've gone through. And you have to believe that God is a rewarder of those that diligently serve him. You've got to believe that. Because when you diligently serve and seek the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly, don't you believe God will bring unto you that which you need and that which he wants to give you? Don't you believe that God wants to give you more than you can even hope, dream, or imagine? Don't you believe there's more coming? And for some of you, you do have a relationship. You are married, but it's not anywhere close to what I just described. And instead of being in the vehicle with that individual, you want to run as far away from that individual as possible. Okay? Some of you, that is the case. You guys, we're all in different places. But we also have all been in different places. So maybe what you hear or see today is not the place that we've always been in. But if you just keep your eyes on Jesus, look at what God can do. Do you have belief? Do you have hope that if God is in it, God will bring restoration? And God is in marriages. God is it's his plan. It's his design. It's his heart, right? Male and female, he created them, right? He, he created us to literally walk together, to be married, to be unified, husband and wife, right? This is God's design. And that in the future, do you believe God will restore what seems to be broken today? Absolutely. He is a restorer. He is a restorer. And he brings this all to pass. You just trust him. I want every person in this room to be so encouraged because God sees and he acts. So how you serve Jesus by helping your family. We serve Jesus. That's one way. By serving at church. That's another way. By showing up at your job for those that are employed and doing a good job. Even when nobody else is seeing, you know, even if you are the boss, right? You still have a boss over you and it's Jesus. And he sees. And you're seen by God. And you were also rewarded by him. Second Chronicles 16, 19. 2 Chronicles 16, 19. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. Run to and fro throughout the earth. In other words, they search the earth. His eyes are searching the earth. To strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God wants to strengthen your heart. He wants to strengthen your heart. He says, just be fully committed to me. 
just be fully committed to me. I want to strengthen your heart. Now, if we didn't need our hearts to be strengthened because we're so strong in and of ourselves, why would he say, I want to strengthen your heart? See, and he's saying those that are fully committed, our job is just to say, Lord, yes, I trust you. I trust you in this difficult situation. I trust you with this difficult marriage. I trust you with this difficult child. I trust you. I trust you with this sickness or with this. I trust you with this financial burden. I trust you, Lord God. That's our job, right? Let's reread that scripture. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth. His eyes are searching. His eyes are looking, right? And his eyes are searching to strengthen you to strengthen me, and we all need strengthening from time to time. So to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So for, for some, you want to fully commit, but fear keeps you, stops you. And you think you are, but there's a section, a portion of your heart that is so hard to fully commit Maybe it's a son or a daughter or something, but it's so hard to fully commit. You think you are. You say you are. You're trying, but if truth be told, there's still more, there's still more surrendering of that individual or that scenario to actually happen before true, complete surrender unto Jesus happens. But you know what? God sees that too. Don't you know that he sees? He knows we're, we, you know, we're but clay. Like he sees. He knows he created us. But he says, as long as you just keep your eyes on him, as long as you just keep your eyes on me, I will lead you. I will pull you in closer to my heart. I will show you that you can trust me. And when I show you that you can trust me, you will fully let everything go and you will fully trust me. Then I can truly strengthen you 100% because the strengthening needs to go really deep for everyone. It needs to go so, so deep for every single one of us. Because life happens to everybody. There's pain for every single person, you know. And, and, and you may see some that you go, wow, they have absolutely, they're always happy. They're always, you know, because of choice. We ch you know, I've said this over and over and over. Let my, let my praise, right, let it be louder than my pain. If you have a lot of, a lot of pain in your life, a lot of, let your praise be louder than your pain. Let your praise. That's why we come here. I believe sometimes the most people that have the most going on and the most difficult things in their lives are the people that shout the loudest and they seem obnoxious. But I'll tell you, they may seem obnoxious. They may seem, why do they do that? That's not true for everybody. But I believe there are many times it's the people that just will not stop giving him praise. They just will not stop. And they just can't help themselves. They're letting their praise be louder than their pain. And we are not going to shortchange them. We're not going to shut them up. We're not going to put a plug in and say, you're annoying me. Maybe you need to open your mouth. Maybe you need to let your praise be louder than your pain. Maybe you need to realize it's a part of surrender. It's a part of surrendering it all, and it's a part of letting God strengthen you. This is all pertained in this scripture that I just got done reading here. 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, which means they search the earth, strengthening, this is the reason, to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. 
fully committed. So we're not going to let anything keep us from being fully committed to him because he wants to strengthen us. And we're not going to be the ones that block his ability to strengthen us because he's not going to, you know, most of the times he's not going to push us down and make us do with the right thing. I mean, he might, but most of the times he's not going to do that. You know, I mean, Saul did have that testimony. He did have to be knocked down. He did have to be blinded, you know, three days and everything. We woke up finally. So, but that's not true for everybody. Let God bring you in. Let him. So he governs. He governs the world in his unending wisdom. Everything we do is consistently under his watchful eye. Everything we do is consistently under his watchful eye. So when you do right with a right heart, and you feel like you need, and, and it's like, wow, there comes a point in time when you go, well, how much, there's nothing left to give. I feel like there's nothing left to give. When you do right consistently with the right heart, this is what this scripture is talking about. He is searching the whole world to literally strengthen you, to reward you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. And you're not going to lose that reward. He's not going to fail to protect you. This is the section of scripture talks about do not judge. So right in the beginning of of, um, Matthew 7, it says, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. With the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. With the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The first thing that typically comes to mind when someone hears that is, oh, negativity or, you know, having a judgmental heart or just pain or bad things, right? Oh, that measure is going to come back to you. But there's actually an opposite side to that, you guys. This actually works both for that but also for the blessing of God. For whatever However, you judge whatever measure you give is going to come back to you because what you sow, you also reap. So this word, verse uh, Matthew 7, 2, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. First of all, the word, that word judgment, with the judgment that you judge, that word is talking about condemnation. And it's talking about having a judgmental attitude. So we know that when we judge, when we're critical, when we have a critical attitude, when we're judgmental, having a judgmental attitude, right? That's what's going to come back to us. But do not ever think that we are not to judge rightly because Jesus himself does not for, he doesn't, he doesn't forbid condemning wrongdoing. Okay, because a lot, so that's many times if you say do not judge and you leave it there, then that's only half the truth. What he does condemn is the spirit of fault finding. He doesn't want us to be fault finders, right? Uh, those that overlook their own shortcomings because they're so focused on everybody else's problems, everybody else's issues. But I want you to see that scripture in John seven twenty four. So either write it down. Or you, you can look it up, but John 7, 24, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgments. I want you to see it, I, I, you know, write it down at least. John 7, 24, do not judge according to appearances, 
You don't know their heart. But judge. He's not saying not to judge. He's saying to make sure when you judge, you judge rightly. But judge with righteous judgment. Judge rightly. Did you guys all see that? Are you all looking at the scripture? Isn't that powerful? With the right heart, with the right measure, right? Proverbs 31.9 is another scripture that goes right along with this. It says, open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. Open your mouth and judge righteously. It's what we do have so much of the time when we're here, and we pray for one another, and we see an injustice being done to someone. What do you think we're doing when we're rebuking that devil? We're judging righteously. We're condemning the works of the enemy. We're condemning the works of the flesh. We're condemning that which came in somehow through into their life. We're judging that thing and commanding it to go because it never came from the Lord in the first place. We are to judge. We just have to judge in the right way. Judge rightly. Say, I judge rightly. But let's not forget, with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. This is not just, oh, negativity. It can be if that's the measure that you use. What measure do you use? What measure do you use? Are you measuring with, with, with God's faithfulness towards an individual? Are you speaking the word of truth because you see, you see the gold, you see who they really are? In spite of what everything else you can see, but you literally look into their heart and you go, no, that's not who you are. You may be acting this way, and this is not of God, but that's not who you are. How, what measure are you using? Because the measure that you use will be measured back to you. Some of you have a huge spiritual bank account ready to be poured on your life. Because the measure that you have been measuring with is the measure of God's compassion. It's the measure of God's goodness, his faithfulness. You have seen the underdog. You have seen the one that has been mistreated, and you have gone to fight on their behalf. What measure are you using? What are you clothing yourself with? We need to clothe ourselves with that which brings life for somebody else. This is a good thing. People typically use these scriptures when it comes to tithing, and it does apply. But you know how much we miss when we just keep them just to tithing? It's not the heart of God to keep those just for tithing. God wants our whole heart. So when you do a charitable deed, this is Matthew 6.3. Matthew 6.3. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That your charitable deed may be done in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You know, in the, in the New King James, it is worded like that. I know in other versions it's not. It's just he will reward you. But in the New King James, which is the, the version of the Bible I prefer to read from, he will reward you openly. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You know, you can take comfort in knowing that no matter what my God sees me, no matter what he, he's pleased with me, he, he is pleased with you. And you know, that was the word God gave me on the way here to church today, to tell you all of God's favor towards you and that he is pleased with you. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Yeah, so with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So this scripture is true for both not to, not to judge falsely, but also to expect a good measure when you do good. And we're going to live like, we're going to live like that. And I want you, Lord, let that phrase just come back to them. What measure are you using? Lord, show us consistently because we want to we use the right measure. Do you know when you serve with the right measure to someone that is not at all deserving? They actually deserve quite the opposite. But yet, under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he leads you. And you still give the right measure out. How much more is your reward when you bless those who persecute you? How much more is your reward when you continue to give out the love of God instead of hate and anger, the pointing of the finger, and judgmental attitude? Right? So we all are going to consistently improve in this area. God will help us. Now, don't mistaken that with allowing abuse. I always feel like I need to say this because there are always women, some women in the group that will, you know, they're in different places. And so I'm not referring to being a doormat. I'm not referring to allowing somebody to just abuse you and let that keep on going because you're to operate in love. No, you're not to operate in stupidity. Okay? We need to make sure we're not operating under that spirit of stupidity. And I'm serious. It is. It is true. We, we, boundaries and love are two different things. So I'm not going to go there because then I'll be on a whole tangent. But boundaries and love are two different things altogether. Okay? Because you love, you will set that boundary. Because you love, you will set that boundary. You must set that boundary because you love. But we're going to keep on loving. We're going to keep on loving. We're going, to keep, we're going to keep on letting God direct our steps. Amen? Thank you, Father. So, and Luke, and I think I'm going to end with this one here, but Luke 6, 38, it says to give, and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So that's, the, that's where our focus needs to be. With the same measure that we use, it will be measured back to us. That's why when there's someone with a rude tone or a rude behavior, and then your response is not <laughs> what they just gave you, but instead, and it takes self-discipline. It takes, it takes dying to self, and it is not always easy, and you don't all, we don't always get it right. But if we just, if we're still alive, if we're still breathing, we get another chance. And, right, and God wants us to continually just keep on, say, okay, Lord, I messed up yesterday, but thank you, Jesus, for today. It's a new day, new mercies today, right? So with that same measure that we use, it's going to be measured back unto us. So we need to be people that say, I commit my life to literally having God's measuring stick. I want, to, I want to measure in the way that pleases God. Because what I give out is what's going to come back unto me. And that is not a bad motive. Like I said, you go to work for a paycheck, right? And so you're going to make sure that you're going to give out, right, what is right. 
Because you know what's also coming back to you. In that right time, God sees it all. His eyes are looking to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's searching to see whose heart is fully committed. Your hearts are fully committed unto him. Right? And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you. This is your plan. This is your desire. And so, Lord, right now, I just decree over each and every one of them because they are Christ followers. They do love you, Father God. They serve you with a passion, Lord God. Father, I thank you that the word of God is on fire within them, Lord God. It's literally on fire. You are, you are the fire within them, Lord God. Lord, I decree over them, greater is the Lord Jesus Christ, just as your word decrees. De decrees, Lord God, than he who is roaming around in the earth. So, Father, right now, I thank you that they are measuring with God's measuring stick. Uh, I thank you, Lord God, they're going to realize what, how am I measuring this? What, with what am I measuring this with? Uh, because that very same thing is going to come back unto me. And I get to choose how my life goes. And, I, and I'm choosing the word. I'm choosing to align my life with the word. Therefore, I also receive what the word has already promised, which is surely goodness and mercy is going to follow after me all the days of my life. I can say that confidently over myself, and I can say that confidently over all of you as well. Surely goodness and mercy is what's going to follow you all the days of your life because you're seeking the face of the Lord. You're seeking his heart. You're not allowing any, anything else to literally get within you and, and cause you to stumble. No, instead you're going to keep your eyes set, focused, and fixed upon the one that loves you so much, the very lover of your soul, and he is the one that's bringing you up and out. He's lifting you up. He lifts up your head. He says, I want you to look to me. I want you to look to me. I have you. I see it. And I am your reward. Your great reward. He is your great reward. In Jesus' name. 